Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Rewind Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle and take a fresh look at comfort TV. Uh, my name is Tim Nacy. I'm the multimedia editor around here, a podcaster and a multimedia journalist who focuses primarily on pop culture. What's up, everybody? I'm Leo Cabral. I am the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints. This is RCC's news publication. I use they, them pronouns, and I am a queer, trans, non-binary multimedia journalist. All right. We, we're back after a... Um, Experimental week. Mm-hmm. We last 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 week, as you recall, as you may recall, uh, we decided to do a we decided to do a commentary track that I still I actually haven't tried it on the actual <laughs> on the actual episode, so I don't know how well it syncs up. I can't we'll imagine it's that bad, but we'll, we'll, see. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, see. But it was fun. That was a good time. It was way I, way looser format. I love watching TV with friends. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe that we want to go for. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I guess. I mean, I, I do have other ideas too. Like, if we wanted to push that further, mm-hmm. and we wanted to do it like live, live, and, and actually have like, if, if 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 listeners wanted to get involved, I've got a few ideas on how that could happen. It would be actually be way easier, I think, than mm. than doing it with a podcast. Mm. But uh, yeah, we can talk about that in the future. Woohoo! All right, Tim, what have you been watching? Um, I actually watched this a couple weeks ago, but I want to talk about it just because it was um I, I just without getting too into the details, it kind of it kind of really related to some to some stuff that has been going on in my in my in my in my personal life. Oh lately, yeah. Um that actually really um it struck a chord because of that. Um I'm talking about the Apple TV series uh The Shrink Next Door. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, as I said, a, TV, a, a dramatic series uh, based on a podcast documentary series uh, from Wondery that centers around a psychiatrist named Dr. Ike Hirschkoff. In um, and like I said, this is a documentary, so this is all these are all real people. There actually is a real Dr. Ike Hirschkoff who um, you'll be shocked to find out that he, after 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 doing what he did, he had been practicing psychiatry, continuing to practice psychiatry for a very long time. It took oh, forever. No. Ever to get his license pulled. Um, and it's a, um, Dr. Eikhershkoff had a patient named uh, Marty Markowitz. Um, Hershkoff is played by Paul Rudd in the show, and uh, Marty Markowitz is played by Will Ferrell. And um, uh, Marty was reportedly manipulated into sharing his money, his business, and honestly just his life in general um, through isolation, gaslighting, and honestly pretty much any every other manipulation tactic in the book he convinces marty to cut ties with with um with things that he deems to be unhealthy and that also includes people his friends his co-workers oh. his sister <gasps> abusive relationship and so yeah and eventually he just kind of gets to a point where the only person that he really has in his life in a, substanti- in a substantial capacity is dr ike as he's referred to sounds like a couple x's i know it's um it's pre- it's, it's, it's 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 a pre- it's a pretty it's a pretty rough story and um, so, yeah, they, they he, he kind of insinuates himself into his life. He helps him through a couple of personal issues. And, you know, he does seem to have some pretty good advice at first. Mm. Um, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good, good psychiatrist. But, you know, technically speaking, out, like, out of the book, Leo, everybody did air quotes. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's no, he's definitely, definitely not a definitely not a um, an ethical Oh, psychiatrist, no. but he but he definitely seems to know what he's talking about in terms of like emotional in terms of like emotional stuff. Um, but yeah, the two of them they start a charitable organization. You know, Marty puts in most of the money. Doctor Ike puts in substantially less money, and then turns around and he makes most of the donations. Of course, under under the under the 
under the, under the name. He gets himself listed as one of the heads of Marty's uh, textile business. <laughs> and so he's able to kind of pull the strings from back there. It's a crazy story. Yeah, it's it a crazy wild story, and it honestly took it took it took years to finally get to finally get the evidence that it took to to get Hershkoff to pay for what he did to this guy and to a few others. There's actually a few like kind of side stories throughout where you hear about how you know somebody was like, "Oh, you um, your mother your mother was abusive to you when you were a child. That means you should cut her out of your life forever." And and she and she and she and she did, but it didn't help her at all. Like that wasn't something that actually helped her. Like she needed she needed to, I she she kind of felt later on, like when it was way too late, like after the after the after the mom had passed away, that what she needed was closure on this. Not not that, that, that she needed to she needed to forgive. Man, that's sad. And and yeah, and by that point it was too it was too late. And uh, you know this person this person this person uh, was Jewish. Um, and so yeah, she didn't, she didn't, she didn't, um, she didn't do that. She didn't sit shiva for her, so she was like kind of cast out by her community too because everybody was. Oh wow! It was a yeah, it's 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 a really rough story. And what really is chilling about Ikerskov's story is that he doesn't seem to be aware of the effect that he has on people. He just he just he just kind of sees these benefits being put in front of him, and yeah, he just doesn't. <laughs> He, he never he never he never he never comes forward to he never comes forward to actually like actively defend himself. The guy who is uh, uh, Jonas Sarah, I believe, is the is the reporter on the story. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an interview with Dr. Ike before the before the podcast started, an actual stand interview, but he made a mistake and he didn't press record. Oh, man. And then after that, Dr. Ike refused to allow any further interviews. And the only the only thing that he had to go by were emails that they exchanged. And the emails were very hostile. Oh, he was wow. he was. Yeah. He like 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 Dr. Ike was not putting up with any of this. And mm-hmm. so he we really never get to hear directly from the man himself. Like just he, he never just, you know, he never he never came forward to defend himself. Yikes. That's that's unfortunate. And they've reached out to him many times. There's even like a few follow up episodes, and they and, and every time they talk about once again we reached out to Ike Hirschkoff, and again he refused to he refused to comment. I mean, what are you gonna do at that point? Yeah. So so we only have Marty's side of the story, uh, but yeah, it's a really it's a really chilling story of like of like manipulation of having somebody turn your head around and make you make you doubt your make you doubt yourself and make you rely on them. Hmm. It is a, the show itself is a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good dark comedy. Uh, but ultimately it fails, I think, to capture the sheer just absolute insanity of the, of, of the, of the original story. I mean, this, this is this, the story, all, all this stuff happens, but it just never really like kind of uh, establishes like the, ins- the insidious nature. I, I, I mean, I mean, this is this. Marty had a house in the Hamptons. This is kind of like this is this is uh, this is this is why it's called the shirt next door because the reporter Jonas Sarah lived next door to who he thought was Ike Hirschkoff. Oh wow! Um, his name was on the mailbox. He went over to the house for dinner. His pictures um, of him with celebrities and him with his wife and him with his kids were on the walls. Like it looked like his house, and he got to know a little bit um, uh, the, the, the 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 like the the groundskeeper, the gardener that that or at least we thought was the gardener. He didn't find out until years later that the gardener was Marty Markowitz, and he was the owner of the house. Ike Hirschkoff 
insinuated himself in, he took over this man's house. He had him sleeping in the guest in the guest house. No way. Wow. <laughs> like it is a wild story and I and, and honestly the show kind of treats it as wild, wild, but I think that like it would have been better served being a slower burn and just kind of like insidious wild. Like a horror story kind of wild. A little bit. Because, yeah, because it yeah. sounds like a horror story. It, you know, it, it, it's 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 really it's really creepy. It really. Oh it's, my god. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. Um, so yeah, the show the show itself it's pretty entertaining. Paul Rudd and Will Ferrell are are great. They're both they're both they're obviously really funny and they really are able to show. You know the just how how kind of how kind of grim and creepy this story is, while also making you laugh at points. I appreciate um, that. So I, I'd recommend checking out this show on Apple Plus, but listen to the podcast first. You can find that wherever wherever podcasts are. It's just called The Shrunk Next Door. It's by Bloomberg and Wondery, and yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> You've been getting a lot of mileage out of Wondery. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I'm actually I'm actually on actually on their premium service now. It's I think I think it's like I think it's like um it's like it's like thirty dollars for a year. And you can listen to the stuff like early and ad free. No, yeah, well, I, 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 and I don't work for Wondery, everybody. I don't know, maybe one day. But, but if Wondery would like to sponsor us, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but, 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 but honestly, I really don't know of any other like podcast provider that has as much like they're, they're, they're like they're like the HBO podcasts in my book. Like they're, <laughs> they, they have all of these really, really, really like amazing, fascinating stories, and yeah they're definitely my favorite my favorite podcast um my favorite, my favorite podcast producer and honestly yeah, if i were to ever get like deep into like documentary uh podcasting i would love to work for them one day oh yeah absolutely they sound really cool especially from everything that i've been hearing mm-hmm. how about you leo what have you been watching all right so i watched this one a couple weeks ago as well but i started i, I moved and um and i live with my in my in my best friend's extra room at his place and I've been showing him and his partner our flag means death. And um, this one is one. This is one that's on HBO Max. It was created by David Jenkins with the help of Taika Waititi, my husband. Um, executive producers are Garrett Bosch, Dan Halstead, um, obviously David Jenkins, and Taika Waititi. The first episode aired this March third, and I think the last one was aired on the twenty fourth. Um, it's loosely based on the gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet and his adventures with Blackbeard or Edward Teach. And how I describe it to people is basically it's a historical fan fiction because we, we, we don't have very great records of these, these figures and even less record, like hardly any record of their, of their crew members that were, that were on their ships. Um, so the rest of the cast is basically more fan fiction, like just made up characters. Um, but this show is super queer, super hilarious, very wholesome and a little, a little heartbreaking at times, but it is such a good show. Like it took me aback. It takes a little bit for the, for the, for the queerness to, to ramp up, but by about maybe episode three or four, it's there and it's so good. Um, I heavily recommend it. Everybody who, that I've been talking to who, who have watched it, they are telling, they are spreading the word. They're telling everybody watch it, and request that they make a second season, even a third. You know, so yeah, people are really liking this one. I Taika Waititi in leather is just so hot. <laughs> oh my god, Taika Waititi as Blackbeard literally has me dying. It's so is, it's not um, cool. <laughs> Sorry. So, so is so is this um. 
is this show like just not doing very good numbers or is it just more like a um it's it doing supposed, amazing is, is, is it supposed to be is it supposed to be a miniseries i don't know if it's supposed to be a miniseries but you know how when a show's really good and sometimes they just stop it at the first season mm-hmm. well people are trying to make sure it gets the second oh, okay. season well, I, I figure if it's if it's doing if it's doing the numbers it needs to be doing i'm 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 pretty i'm pretty sure it'll come back i, I was just wondering if there was a reason because it sounds like there's like a modern version of a letter writing campaign happening here, and usually mm. that happens like when the show is like about to be canceled, and and and, and you know the, it's not it's not it's not it's not doing good enough numbers. Oh, it's doing great right now. Okay, so these people, so so everyone's just so passionate about this show that they just need to make sure that everybody knows how amazing it is. We need our our, our Edward Teach and and Steve Bonnet OTP to flourish more. We need it. I'll have to I'll have to check this show out. I've been I've been seeing it on HBO, um, or at least at least on like the banners. It's very Taika Waititi humor, I would which say. I'm, which, I'm, which I'm all for. Right? I, I, as with most people, my favorite Thor movie is the third one. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, um, What We Do in the Shadows. I haven't seen the show, but I've seen the movie. Both are amazing. great. Hunt for the Wilder People. Amazing movie. Ooh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, that one's, uh, that one's a, um, I think there's like this, uh, I think um, Sam Neill mm-hmm. plays this like, guy who lives out in like the, um, like the New Zealand bush. Hmm. And he ends up getting it's 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 honestly a little bit like a different version of Up. Oh, cranky, okay. A cranky old man gets teamed <laughs> up with a Boy Scout. Aww. And um, they just they're just they're just they're just they're just on adventure together. That's that's sweet. I need to watch that then. That's a, that's a really that's a really that's a really good movie. I love that one. Cool. So I'll have to I'll have to check this show out as well. Please do. I think you'll like it. I'd give the first episode a chance at least. It's it's so good. All right, so what are we watching as our main feature this week? So this week, I decided on some Teen Titans. This episode is Season 1, Episode 7, Switched. Um, Some background on Teen Titans. It ran on Cartoon Network from 2003 to 2006. I swear it feels like it lasted a lot longer, but maybe young me was just not perceiving time properly. (laughs) Teen Titans has five seasons and a few movies. Um, Teen Titans The Judas Contract, which I have not seen yet. Uh, Teen Titans Trouble in Tokyo. I have seen that one. And Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. That's another one I haven't seen because I'm, a, I'm hesitant about Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans Go seems so... I, 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 get, I get irritated with Teen Titans Go because, I mean, I, I, I just just for the record, everybody, I'm just going to rip this Band-Aid off right now. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I really have not watched this show. This I haven't been, either. This has not been. This has not really been. I mean, I mean, I mean, Teen Titans as a whole. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I, I, I didn't really watch Teen Titans, so I, I don't have that connection with the regular Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, Teen Titans Go just annoys me. I, 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 yeah. I, I know that like there'd be a lot of like um, when I was working, I, I used to work at a hospital, and there'd be like just TVs on, and sometimes people would just have Cartoon Network playing on the TV, mm-hmm. and just Teen Titans Go would be on while I was taking out the trash. And I'm just like, this show is abrasive. <laughs> Like like I, I I can I can deal with like you know like 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 heavy handed super broad humor for kids, but Teen Titans Go see, it seems like its goal is to be irritating. Yeah, I noticed that there's a trend of that in some of the newer cartoons. It's it's kind of died down a little bit, but there was a time where, I think mostly when Teen Titans Go came out, that was kind of like the peak of this weird like annoying irritating kind of cartoon humor. You remember the annoying orange? <laughs> I try. I try not to remember the annoying orange. I'm yeah, not. Me yeah, we're too. not. We're not gonna. We're, we, we, we will no further speak his name. <laughs> if, if you must, go on YouTube. Yeah, just just go on YouTube. Your life will be much better if you don't, though. So just. Mm-hmm. It's annoying, an annoying orange. 
there. That's all you need to know. Um, so it's an animated DC superhero show about Robin, Raven, Starfire, Cyborg, and Beast Boy. It was created by Glenn Murakami and Sam Register. And the episode switched aired September 6, 2003. It was written by Rick Kopp and directed by Ciro Nielli. All right. And now on to our recap. So beginning with the episode, um, a red curtain opens on screen to reveal a backdrop of the Titan Tower. Uh, the episode's villain, the Puppet King, who is who is off screen at the moment, but you do hear his voice, uh, moves a tiny puppet replica of Robin across the stage saying, you know, Robin's catchphrase, Titans, go. Uh, the other puppets um, are simply standing around or hanging around, I should say, since they're on strings. Puppet Raven says, what's the point? We can't possibly defeat the Puppet King. Puppet Starfire says, he's too clever and powerful, not to mention good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Puppet Cyborg says, yeah, we should probably just surrender now. And then Puppet Beast Boy says, dude, I think we already have. And so Puppet Beast Boy points up to reveal that the Puppet King is shrouded in partial shadow, saying, enough rehearsal, time to start the show. And he lets the puppet titans fall and then the show starts with you know the opening theme song by puffy Ami yumi i did not know they were an actual band i remember it was a cartoon yeah but... yeah they were an actual band for a little bit and i don't know what happened to them i think they broke up obviously Actually, yeah it like, happens I, this, this theme song honestly like I, I i i heard the theme song and i'm like Oh, I think this show is my vibe. I I'm telling you. I I did I I I just I, I just never really yeah I had never really never really um been compelled to check out Teen Titans because mm-hmm. I was always as a kid I think I think I think I mentioned this during the uh, Avatar: Last Airbender episode that we did. I just I've always been more into like the the more the goofier cartoons. Mm-hmm. I always mm-hmm. loved you know Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents. Um, I like to go back to old cartoons. I like to watch like old Looney Tunes and oh, Disney I cartoons love those. and stuff. I, I just, I just, I, I like, I like comedy and cartoons and physical yeah. comedy and using that animation for that. So yeah, action, action cartoons never really crossed my desk. And honestly, the rest of the team, the Teen Titans franchise, at least in terms of animation, you know, Teen Titans Go certainly never woke me up to the, to the, to the possibilities mm-hmm. of this franchise. Yeah, no, Teen Titans Go. I mean, I feel like a lot of diehard Teen Titans fans are, are not really happy with Teen Titans Go. In Honestly, general. it just feels like the show. Like, because what, what irritated me is there's there's an episode. I think there's there's a there's a crossover episode or not a crossover episode. Uh, there's an episode where I think they the 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 Teen Titans Go Teen Titans they have some way to look into the multiverse, uh. and they see their the 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 Teen Titans from this from this from this universe. That, that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. and um, the they 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 realize, oh my god, we look so cool in this universe. We need to try to be more like them. We need to be, we need to be more classy and sophisticated. Huh. And I'm like, okay, what what are you even talking about? And so they start trying to be more classy and sophisticated. They start wearing monocles and oh top my hats god. and tuxedos and talking in fake British accents and all that kind of stuff. And then eventually, like, you know what? No. Screw anybody who thinks otherwise. We're happy being us, and then they go and they start farting and burping and throwing up all over the place. And oh, fun! Ba- so basically, the show, the Teen Titans Go, says, "We hear you. We know that you're bummed that we're not the regular Titans." Double middle finger. Thanks, Teen Titans. So it's go. just, it's just, it's just hostile. That show, and it just it seems like it wants to be abrasive and it wants to be annoying, and that's my like. I I don't have that deep of a connection to the Teen Titans franchise mm-hmm. from 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 this perspective. I just watch Teen Titans and I hear how Teen Titans treats, like how Teen Titans Go treats 
the old show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just seems like the show is a troll. It wants to, it's, yeah. it, it's aggressively annoying and mm-hmm. aggressively juvenile. And it just wants you to know, hey, old Teen Titans fans, we hear you, but you're not welcome here. No, and absolutely. I think that's, there's no call for that. There's no call for that kind of attitude. Mm-mm. There isn't. You don't have to. Come on, man. You don't have to attack me. Please don't. I'm just, I'm fragile. Teen Titans Go. It's a. Uh, I I think I watched one episode, and it was it was a Raven episode, and it was just so off, just completely weird. When did we go back to the gross out humor of like the '90s and early 2000s? I thought we were over that. Well. It's weird. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of like made like a. It kind of like circled back mm-hmm. because yeah, I know, I know there was a lot of in like in like the in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more of a. There was a, there was there was there was a lot more gross out there. I mean, Ren and Stimpy was like the king cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me wrong, everybody, I love that show. Oh yeah, it's I great. Love Ren and Stimpy's amazing. <laughs> um, but after a while, I think that they got a little more ambitious with stuff. You know, SpongeBob came into play. Fairly Odd Parents came into play. Jimmy Neutron came into play. And they were a little bit. They were a little bit. They were a little bit more clever. Those shows. I think they were a little bit. They 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 wanted to welcome in anybody who wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And that was the, and 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 you know and we had a few dramatic cartoons like I've heard Last Airbender around that time. Mm-hmm. But as SpongeBob got further in after, especially after the movie, yeah, um, it started to become a little bit more red and stimpy. I still remember there's an episode where like Squidward has a toenail ripped out. Oh, <laughs> it's like one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my entire life, and I think that was the, I think that was when I decided, okay, I I think I think SpongeBob has become not for me. Aww. but yeah, but but yeah, it, but but there's like there's like that gross out humor coming back in hmm. like a really aggressive way. That's weird. Um, mixed with I think taking the wrong taking the wrong lessons from say like Adventure Time, because because you get a lot of you get a lot of um you get like like you you kind of you kind of get that in Teen Titans Go from what I've seen. A lot of like, a lot of like, you know, like funny faces, close-ups, and the the face is like drawn a little bit too, a little bit too realistically, and that's supposed to be the joke. Oh, like classic SpongeBob. Yeah, classic SpongeBob. I know Adventure Time kind of does it too. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's kind of where they're getting those lessons from, and it's mm. just it it, 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 it's off-putting when it's not connected to a real joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, I feel or, that. Or comedic timing or anything. It's just it's yeah. It's it, like I've said, Teen Titans Go just strikes me as just purposefully abrasive like if, if you're if you're not on board with how abrasive and annoying it is you're probably not gonna like it yeah nothing against y'all who do like teen titans go it's just not for me i weirdly and i'm kind of curious about it the teen titans go to the movies got really good reviews that's like, interesting that, oh wait is that the one where they have a crossover with garnet from steven universe they might I there was there was one theatrically released teen titans go movie like that this it's it, it but it was it was it was it was teen titans go and i have heard i have heard very good things about that movie i've been very hesitant to check it out because i do not like what i've seen of the actual show yeah but i'm wondering like do we have like different writers or something because i know that happens like yeah i think like it was a different set of writers who did the simpsons movie as opposed to who did the simpsons Hmm. you know who were doing the simpsons tv show at the time so it's possible but i know i haven't really yeah but i've i've heard weirdly good things about that movie i'm gonna have to check that out then because i again I, i that one has to be the one where it's a crossover with um Several other characters uh, across the Cartoon Network platform. Yeah, I'll check it out then. Because if it has good ratings, I'm definitely down to check it out. Right, but uh, getting back on track. After our um, awesome musical intro, uh, we come back to the episode where Raven is meditating and levitating in the living room uh, when she is interrupted by Starfire, who is asking where the other Titans are. 
And then she continues to bug Raven during her meditation and asks if Raven wants to hang out or braid each other's hair or perform, go perform bra- perform braiding maneuvers <laughs> or go to the mall of shopping. <laughs> Do, uh, do the hanging out is what she does. I love that. <laughs> do is that why I say that sometimes? That must be why. Uh, Raven hasn't seen anyone as her eyes have been closed because she's been meditating, and all but begs Starfire to let her meditate in peace. Um, before she can get another moment of silence, Raven is again interrupted. This time it's by Robin, Cyborg, and Beast Boy with a big box addressed to the Titans. Listen, if you have roommates. The living room slash common room is the worst place to meditate. Yeah, Raven, that's kind of on you. (laughs) I've seen her meditate in her room. I've seen her meditate on the roof. I've seen her meditate in so many other places. Why the living room? That is, again, it's it's not a, it's not, the living room is not a quiet space ever in anybody's home. She's just aggressively, aggressively, like, just, 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 uh, just just putting your, putting your stake in. These are my rights. (laughs) That is kind of her, like, look, I am here. I should have a right to be able to do this. Y'all go somewhere else. Like, that's very Raven. So the box is the Puppet King's puppet replicas of the Titans. The guys love their tiny replicas, and they even begin playing with them. They look surprisingly cute. They are they're so not, cute. They're, they're not creepy at all. No, I'm surprised. The only creepy thing is the Puppet King. He's the yeah. creepy puppet. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a second. Yeah. He, his, the way he actually is portrayed during, like, when he's actually walking around as a character, as opposed to, like, his persona while he's, while he's doing his, while he's doing his puppet show at the beginning. Mm-hmm was a shock to me. I did not expect him to be as reserved as he was. Yeah, I thought he was going to be some wacky dude or like, I, I guess he's more, he seems like more of a dummy, I would say, as opposed to a puppet. Maybe something like that. But it's just, but, yeah, it's, it's, but, but I'm just like talking about just his persona in general. Like, mm-hmm. but, 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 but honestly, maybe he's, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's like a, like a, um, maybe that's like a comment on the fact that he's like a showman. You know, he's he's got a stage persona and he's got a regular persona. You know, I uh, don't I don't really always talk the same way in real life as I do on mic. Yeah, that's true. You got kind of a yeah, like I'm 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 a lot I'm a lot more energetic behind a mic than I am than I am when I'm just walking around talking to people. Yeah, it's a it's a different thing. It's a different vibe. So maybe so maybe that's what it was, but uh, but yeah, he's he's really he's really creepy. Yeah, super creepy. Um <laughs> One thing I noticed, uh, when Robin says they're basically perfect replicas, Beast Boy looks down his little puppet's pants and says, <laughs> speak for yourself. I'm way more good looking than this. Honestly, I am dead. I didn't notice that he looked down the pants before. I didn't before. even clock it this time. That is, uh, that's crazy. So it, it, it almost, it, I almost skipped it. I almost missed it the first time. I was like, wait, did I see that right? I went back and I saw it again. I was like, no way. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I like it's uh, that's the kind of like slight adult humor that I enjoy in my cartoons because I didn't even catch that when I was a, when I watched this as a kid. I kind of do and kind of don't want an answer because because I, I know these, that these puppets it's established that they are very 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 detailed and, oh, no. and, and obviously and obviously uh, Puppet King has shown that he's done his homework on the personalities of each one of the Titans. Mm-hmm. It does make me wonder. Did he make genitalia for the puppets? I hope not, because that would be so weird. Oh, my goodness. How would he know what's in there, huh? I... How would you know what's in their pants, Puppet King? I need to know. 
You I mean, creep. he's able to get into their lair without any problems. Thank so you. Maybe he's been there. <laughs> I have a note about that later. Like, I'm just gonna say it now. Why do people? Why is it so easy to get into Titan's Tower? It's it's ridiculous. This is a recurring issue. It shouldn't be a recurring issue. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess maybe just because. Um... Because because I know like 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 Avengers Tower, Avengers Compound, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you can't get in there because the Avengers is privatized military. Oh. Um. So yeah, you'll get you'll get you'll get like blasted to bits by one of Tony Stark's guns or something if you if you try to sneak in there. There's nothing um, like that. But yeah, there's yeah there there isn't there isn't yeah like like I I, I guess I guess I guess it's just a friendlier environment. I guess it's just like guess. yeah, we don't re- we're not we're not privatized military here, so we don't need to. Have insane. I would. I would think at least an alarm or something. But yeah, something they have. They have an alarm for when there's you know trouble in the city, but not an alarm when somebody breaks into their building. It's weird. I don't know. So, anyways, Starfire also loves her tiny Starfire puppet, but Raven's not amused. Um, when Starfire asks Raven if she also wants to make their tiny puppets battle, she tosses Puppet Raven to Starfire and says, "Knock yourself out." She just she she doesn't want anything to do with it. She doesn't care. Later that night, when everyone is asleep, the puppet king sneaks into their tower. See, way too easy. Why too? There nothing. Not a single sound. He's just there. And again, it's a recurring issue in the series. I don't get it. I don't get why it is so easy. Even oh my god! But in the first couple episodes, you know, people sneak into the tower. I'm like, how? Come on! It's crazy. Yeah. Cyborg's the the tech guy. He has everything tech teched out, decked out. And it's is it no 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 little battle drones, no like security bots, nothing. So Starfire wakes up because she hears something, and um, we see the puppet king in shadow. He's still he's still in shadow, so we don't really like see him too well. Um, they're kind of like doing a whole dramatic thing and dragging it out. Um, we see him use this remote that looks like a little marionette paddle to transfer Beast Boys, Cyborgs, and Robin Souls into their puppets. By the way, why is everybody sleeping in shoes and superhero clothes? That's crazy. I know. Literally, I know you have to be ready for anything, but that seems excessive. Yeah. Budgetary. I, that's the only thing <laughs> I imagine. Like, that's the, like, that's the, you know, you never see character, cartoon characters wearing different clothes because, like, 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 like the Simpsons. Sometimes Bart wears a blue shirt. Wow, Very I've rarely. never seen that. And he has like pajama form. Yes, and 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 but and, and then this is regular his regular regular, like if it's the winter, he'll be in a hoodie. But yeah. that's but that's but yeah, but like they, same they have shorts like, though. They have like they have like specific drawings for each thing, and I guess I guess they were just like, well, we can't really. She is in her shoes in bed. It's crazy. No, that's it's disgusting. Just, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how you sleep like that. I would not be able to. Like my dad can sleep, can nap on the couch with his shoes on if his feet are hanging off, but that's it. Anyways, yeah. Another side note too, it like I was saying before, I just it, it, when we actually see what the puppet king looks like, you know, he's got like he's got like really like like he's got he's got like these really huge eyes with like you know really accented like outlines and I mean I mean his whole thing is he's 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 about puppets. Mm-hmm. He loves but puppets. He's so restrained and so quiet. He's, he talks in like this really low monotone, like an Igor type of voice, Something like that. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I don't know. He's just so creepy, and the way he slinks around everywhere, it's just tiny, quiet assassin. And he's just kind of got this like satanic ritual kind of air about him later on. Yeah, that's true. 
Like, what is that ritual? They don't even explain what the ritual is. Nothing. They do not go into detail in this in this episode at all for, for several things. But whatever, I guess. Starfire is in the hallways trying to see if anybody's awake or if there's somebody there. And she's startled by Raven as she emerges from the darkness. Um, when suddenly the guys come running down the hall and attack them and capture them. Their eyes are glowing blue, indicating that they're under some control and not themselves. But, like, it doesn't seem like Starfire and Raven notice the glowing blue eyes because, like, Starfire asks why they are attacking yeah, them. Yeah, they, they never do. Um, I... The way the way I the way I make it make sense for myself mm-hmm. is I just I just assume that there's a different reality in play like the, the in, in the action the actual the, if if you're the Teen Titans and you're existing in this little mini pocket universe, mm-hmm. um, you're not you, you don't notice anything. The eyes are there for us to to key us into it. So it's more just like of a cinematic language kind of thing. The, nobody nobody mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. that's a thing in movies. Nobody ever notices the glowing eyes. Yeah, no, it's so weird. So. Yeah, that 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 thought also crossed my mind. Like, is it just for the audience to know that they're not that they're not themselves? Because there's other ways to depict that without glowing eyes. They always, yeah, they're always. It's always, yeah, it's just always like that. I think it's a cinematic language. Sometimes they, sometimes they do that. And honestly, I think that's sloppy cinematic language because right? it's kind of not playing fair. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just silly. Like, I can imagine child me responding to Starfire's question, like, "Oh, why, friends? Why are you attacking us?" And I'm like, "Their eyes are glowing blue, Starfire. Come on." <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's silly. There's there's probably different ways to get around that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the the puppet king finally emerges from the darkness and says the guys' bodies are now his puppets, and the wooden puppets in his hands are actually the guys. So their souls are transferred into little puppets, and they're able to talk. It's kind of creepy. They're able especially to especially like... Cyborg, because his, his puppet is smiling. Yes, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> the puppet king tries to move Raven and Starfire's souls into their puppet counterparts, but Raven is able to finish her incantation before it's too late, and her power knocks the remote out of the puppet king's hands and knocks everyone to the ground. Uh, the Starfire and Raven puppet end up being switched around. And we see the audience sees that their souls go into the wrong bodies. But before anyone can notice, the gals make their escape. So as soon as that happens, nobody knows what's going on. They're just running. They're on survival mode. Um, but when the gals do realize they've been switched, you can tell who's who by the way their faces, their faces are now drawn, which is really cool. Starfire's expression is more serious now, and Raven's expression lo- now looks like a deer in headlights. Yeah, I love the differences in their body, la- in their body language and facial expressions. Mm-hmm. The, the animators must have, had, must have had a really good time, like kind of drawing these new contextualizations of these characters. Right? Yeah, the, the, it's it seems cool. It seems it, that's why I chose this episode because it's a really fun one where it shows these characters' bodies not acting like they're themselves. It's it's kind of cute seeing Raven be a scared little baby. It's because that's not Raven. Raven is always in control of her emotions. She's always, well, she's mo- most of the time she's level-headed, you know. So the gals manage to escape the tower and the Puppet King's new life-size Titan puppets. But now they must evade them in the in the big city. Immediately there are issues. Raven cannot get Starfire's body to fly or fire Starbolts. Starfire can't regulate her emotions, thus making Raven's powers um, interact with and warp objects around her. That's really fun. There's there's walking like the parking meters are all bending. Yeah, <laughs> and like one car like lifts, like flips, on, like on, on its top. And and Starfire in Raven's body doesn't notice any of this because she's just freaking out. But and then but Raven in Starfire Starfire's body like oh my god this is a disaster you know. 
And the, th- the reason for all this is because Raven's powers are connected to her emotions. More emotions equals more power or energy. So to be in control of your emotions is to be in control of your powers. So she has to like kind of open up, open it up for like a second to let a little bit out, like a Pez dispenser. Basically, yeah. It, it, that's, yeah. Because when she starts her incantations, that's when you hear the emotion in her voice, I would say. Um, to fly in Starfire's body, you must feel the unbridled joy of flight to fly. Um, or to use the alien strength, you need to feel boundless confidence. To use the star bolts, you need to feel righteous fury. There's a lot of weird rules to, to So she to needs to be like just very, I, it, it just sounds in general just like totally, totally just confident and upbeat all the time. Basically, yeah. And that is what Starfire is. She's always yeah, a joy to be around. She's the light of, of the Titans. I love her. I, I noticed that my eyebrows are similar to hers, actually. And I didn't realize that until I watched this episode. I was like, oh, hey, I, maybe this did awaken something within me when I was younger. <laughs> So after the gals clumsily evade the guys, uh, the titans are the, the puppet titans are called back to the puppet king's lair to help him with this ceremony that has no explanation whatsoever. But apparently it will make these switches permanent. Before the gals pr- can proceed, they realize that they must go- get to know each other and actually understand each other if they're going to work together more fluidly and get in control of the other's powers. I do wish that they had lingered on this more because Starfire and Raven look so cute. Like, cute little girlfriends, like, on a picnic together or something, getting to know one another. Um, I also would have liked a little bit more backstory on Raven since we don't ever get much backstory on her. We do have a whole season where it's focused on her and her dad and how she's supposed to bring about the end of the world. Spoilers, I guess. (laughs) And we do get some more of Starfire's life and background when we visit her home planet. And when we encounter her sister, Blackfire, but that's about it. I just wanted more girl bonding time on screen. <laughs> I love the way Starfire starts the starts the. Um, so we need to we need we need, we need to learn everything about each other. So begin sharing. <laughs> like what? Okay. <laughs> I, I yeah of that. And but honestly, um, what kind of struck me about this moment is that it's so unlike DC. Hmm. Um, I've actually, um, I've actually been like kind of learning a little bit more recently about um, how DC has always operated versus how Marvel has always mm, operated, mm-hmm. and Marvel has always been more about humanization and more about trying to treat these heroes like they're real people. Mm. DC has always been more about um, mythologizing. They're supposed to be like a new canon of uh. gods, you know. They're 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 way larger than life, rather than just being because 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 obviously you know Iron Man is a larger than life figure. True. But, not as much of a, not, but not as large as, in, in life than like Superman is. I was just thinking Superman. That's funny. Um, and so usually they just, usually it's just, no, these, these, these superheroes represent good things in us as people. So we're supposed to aspire to be more like them. Hmm. Mean, whereas Marvel is like, no, we're all Spider-Man. <laughs> we're all just trying to make rent. I love that. We're all just trying to find our way to. <laughs> we're all Spider-Man. Like yeah, the, the the thing only we can do, which is you know take pictures of Spider Man, you know, and 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 you know all all that kind of various kinds of like, those kinds of things. Um, this is just so unlike a DC property because that's that's obviously that's why they hired like Zack Snyder to do those first few DC Cinematic Universe movies was because he's very much about larger than life. You know, he doesn't do a lot of depth of character. He just does big. I mean, there's there's probably a reason why they gave him three hundred. Like who oh. else? Who else is gonna make a movie out of the out of out of the comic book three hundred? That mm. that looks like three hundred. 
Yeah. And you get that you get that various kind of stuff. And I, I I've never connected to that. That's why that's why I'm always a Marvel person rather mm-hmm. than DC. Because I just I like to be able to connect to the character and kind of show because because I don't I don't I don't I don't respond to aspirational figures. I don't mm-hmm. see somebody who's better than me and think I want to be better so that I can be closer to being that person. I like to see somebody who struggles too. And that way I can be like, I can feel better about my own struggles. That's why Spider-Man is always one of my favorite superheroes. Because, you know, I, as, as somebody who is now in my approaching my late 20s, um, yeah, I'm living Peter Parker's life. <laughs> oh, I feel that, yeah. It definitely brings them closer closer to you on like the on, on the playing field or more down to earth. In the tri- trivia for this episode, I, I saw that they, for Teen Titans and for heroes like this, they the writers want to keep them in their superhero personas. They don't want to have them to have those secret identities because they wanted kids to identify with these heroes. And so they felt that if giving these superheroes a, 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 a secret identity, that it would it would remove that, that sense of like being able to relate to these he- superheroes. But I disagree. I totally agree with what you what you're saying, where it's like you humanize and 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 personalize these people, these superheroes. So, you know, they seem more human and closer to us. You know, I feel like godifying them or mythify uh, or making them mythological beings just makes them super unrealistic and less relatable. I mean, they even oh, my God, this is an, this is one issue I do have with Teen Titans. This is off topic, a little bit of a tangent. But they completely gloss over the fact that Cyborg is black. They oh, only they don't even bring it up. They don't even bring up that he's black. They bring up the fact that he uses prosthetics and that he is a cyborg and that you know he he was disabled. And they relate. They have him relate to you know people in in the show through that, but not through his identity as a black man in America, or in this in this in this in this place. You know. And they they actively dance around it. It's so weird. Yeah, I have to. Like, the, the only thing I can imagine is that. Um, I mean, this is an early two thousands production. Yeah. And um, it, I, I'm, it, it is definitely still a problem. Yeah. But I have to imagine it was uh, um, diversity in writing in writers' rooms was probably mm. even worse of a problem. I'm, I'm I don't think it would be going too far out on a limb. I could be incorrect, but I don't think anybody's going to think I'm insane and spouting conspiracy theories for saying that this writer's room was very likely very white and very male. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, I, I, it's, I maybe, maybe, maybe it would make people not feel seen, but it probably just in terms of in terms of just just knowing what they're talking about it mm-hmm. might have been better if they didn't touch that yeah just because they would not have any idea what they're talking about and they don't have anybody who actually can lend a reality to that yeah it's a shame but i'd rather i i would much rather i would i would much rather um well i would not much rather not see it but Mm-hmm. It's really hard sometimes to see when a there's a there's an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond that kind of gets that kind of gets into that where um, uh, Ray Ray's brother dates or thinks he's dating a um, a black woman mm-hmm. and he starts kind of appropriating various oh, aspects God. of her personality and it is a nightmare. They go to a club. Oh, and, and I'm like, I don't think. <laughs> I kind of I kind of feel like the the black people in this scene. We're the only black people who ever touched, who ever touched everybody loves Raymond. Oh on a creative, on a creative point of view. 
That's it's 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 a nightmare of an episode. There's a lot of good every day Raymond episodes, but that episode is a nightmare of an episode. I bet it sounds like a nightmare. Oh like my like God. just watching just watching watching uh, Brad Garrett walk around in like a, he's in like a he's in like kind of like a leisure suit and he's like kind of talking a little bit jive. It's really oh. it's hard to watch. Oh jeez, oh jeez, guys. If you're not black, if you're not Afro Latino, if you're not if you're not in the culture. Don't be, don't, don't, don't do the A-A-V-E. Don't, don't try to dress. Don't try to pass. Don't try to do, don't, don't, don't appropriate things, please. Just don't touch it. Because that's, Jesus Christ. That is, that just... is, that, I, I can, I think, I think, I think, uh, I think people would agree with me at that. that, 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 that just, just, just trying to, trying to guess what it's like being black is way, way, way harder to see than. Yeah. It, it, obviously, neither of them is great. But I think for the sake of all of our sanities, it's probably better they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I see. Yeah, I mean, what I would ha- ideally, I would have liked more people of color, especially more black people on the Teen Titans writing team, because I feel like there could have been a lot that there could have been a lot more that could have been addressed in this show. Um, it, just pretending that race doesn't exist is such an ideal, an idealistic way to, of an idealistic way, like kind of colorblindness. To it's a, it's just, it's just not the, it's not the way to do it. How are you gonna pretend that it's not a thing when it's such a prominent thing, especially in the early two thousands? In early two thousands, blackface was still happening. People were still pulling blackface in the early two thousands. It was on Comedy Central, comedy movies, even. You know, it's just. <sighs> yeah, and then we and then we and then we moved into it into it still happening, but it was ironic. Yeah, it, oh. and then and then we just and then we just stopped. And now we're like now everybody's realizing it's wrong, and oh my god, yeah, don't try to remove. Look, yes, race is a col- colonial construct, and it was and race was uh, created because. It was the Europeans and colonizers' ways of justifying their colonization and the human trafficking and the just brutality of people of color. But because of all that, we do have to bring, we do have to address race because there are kids out there who are watching this who are, un, who feel, who don't feel seen or who feel, who will probably feel shame because it's like, oh, I can't talk about race or anything but it controls my entire life it controls the trajectory the trajectory of my life you know it's it's just there's there's smarter ways to go about it you know no i totally agree yeah i'm just i'm just, I'm just i all i was saying was that i just oh, yeah. there was some ignorance in play yeah and when that ignorance is kind of put in your face mm-hmm. it is especially through a modern lens it is very difficult to see yeah that is my one thing with teen titans is it tries to say cyborg is black without saying cy- cyborg is black, which is like, how are you gonna do that? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> oh no, go off. I'm always going off. <laughs> All right, so back, back to it. Uh, sorry, everybody. So when we come back from a commercial break, the gals are now in front of the Puppet King's lair, which is some kind of warehouse that's guarded by uh, a Doberman version of Beast Boy, which I love when he turns into a dog or any kind of dog. It's so cute. Raven decides to try flying so that they can sneak onto the roof. Um, But she has to think of something pleasant or happy thoughts. So when, uh, when, when, when Raven does it, Starfire is super excited because she did it so perfectly. 
And she's like, oh, you have to tell me. I need to know. <laughs> and Raven's like, uh, I imagined you not talking. Her reaction is so sad. It's so cute, though. She's so adorable. So glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy. And then, you know, next, right after that, uh, Starfire uses Raven's powers to break open a lock. She gets really excited and accidentally slams the roof access doors open in her excitement. That's cool. Nobody knows this. Which is good, yeah. Um, They enter the warehouse to see that the puppet king is holding the wooden puppets with the titan souls in them over a blue flame. Starfire does save them with Raven's cool levitating power. It's like a force field kind of thing. Force field power, yeah. And then everybody starts fighting. It takes some fumbles and hiccups, but the gals do hold their own with teamwork, thankfully. They manage to fling the remote into the blue flame, and the Puppet King creepily and very scarily turns into a regular puppet. Dies with his eyes open. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate it. It's so scary. He's just creepy. I, I don't have a thing about dolls, but this guy... I, re- I heard Puppet King. I really thought he was going to be like a funny villain. Right? Like a little jest- puppet jester or something. I yeah. Don't know. All the souls return to their respective bodies. But while this is happening, Raven and Starfire's souls intermingle just a little bit when uh, when they're returning to their own bodies. And oh my god, they're girlfriends. They're girlfriends, guys. And you can tell by how protective Raven is of Starfire, even if she is annoyed with her a little bit. And that's not just because Starfire is in Raven's body and Raven and Raven's like uh, scared for her body's well-being. There is some tenderness and care there. And it is just wholesome women loving women type of care and it's love. Nice. It's so nice. I love gals. I love I love girl time. I love gals bonding. All right. So everybody's back to normal, back in their own bodies. And you know, we cut over to Raven is again <laughs> Meditating in the living room. Starfire interrupts her again, but this time it's to join Raven in meditation. Again, wholesome. Raven does look over to Starfire and ask if she wants to go to the mall later. And they have a sweet little moment and then the end. It's 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 girlfriend time. Girlfriend time. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so Leo, how did this episode hold up for you? I love a good switcheroo episode. They're always fun. They're always silly. This one wasn't that silly, though, actually. Um, I love when the gals learn to love and accept each other and eventually get along. Um, Again, this episode isn't super wacky like your typical body switch episode, but it does have its moments here and there. It it is silly here and there, like when, you know, when the girls are fumbling completely. Um, But it does take a more serious... um, a more serious path on this one and focuses on understanding uh, for the purpose of teamwork and friendship, which is beautiful. I love that. Um, I also love, I just love the the episodes that focus on the gals because they're my fave. I would give this episode a five out of five. Uh, So Tim, how did you, how do you think this held up? Well, there's a reason that the body swapping episode is such a popular trope. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just been this tried and true way of exploring differences between characters um, in a different way than just having them fight like other episodes do. Because sitcoms, even like the most positive sitcoms, like your Parks and Rex or whatever, um, it's always through argument and conflict. I, I, mm. I, that's why I like the body switch episodes and like fantasy and, and like fantasy stuff because yeah, we can we can they can actually directly deal with each other. You're literally of, in another person's shoes. Yeah, exactly. 
And I also like that um, this is I think I think this might be the first time, at least in a while, that I've seen a body swap episode that um, didn't deal with gender. Usually, usually it's usually it's a male and a female switching bodies. Yeah. You know, you you get you get you get bits. So there's a, there's a, there's a body swap scene in um, the Scooby the live action Scooby Doo movie, the first one. Oh yeah. Um, and I think uh, Daphne. I think. Uh, Fred goes into Daphne's body and he's like, "Hey, I can look at myself naked." I hate that so much. <laughs> that scene, that scene in general, is pretty funny. I think that's pretty, there's there's a lot that I don't like about that 2002 um, Scooby Doo movie, but body swap scenes are always fun. Yeah, I love a good body swap, especially especially because I don't think that they, because I think that they were like um, I, I think they were just like acting as each other. Like they didn't. There's, <laughs> there's, there's a body swap episode about Third Rock from the Sun. That's a really that's a really yeah. Uh, uh, Dick and Sally switch bodies. Yeah, baby. And um, so they have to, and 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 uh, and uh, uh, Kristen Johnston and um, John Lithgow, like they don't switch voices like they usually do in these kinds of things. They actually, they actually have to act as each other. So you actually get to see John that. Lithgow doing Kristen Johnston. Yes, I love that. That's the kind of body switchy, switcheroo-y stuff that I do like. Is when the actors have to act like the other person's personality. It's Instead great. Just, yeah, and I this was this was this was, this was definitely this is different. On, and on another note, as I said before, never seen a full Teen Titans episode in my life until now. And yeah, I've wasted a lot of time. I, 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 like, I, I just hearing that's like I said, just hearing the theme song, that, that kind of the kind of like K K poppy or not J poppy. There you go. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry, didn't mean to mix up my genres. Sorry, fans. Um, yeah, this the the, 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 the J pop surf rock kind of fusion that we had going. Hmm. I was I was into it, and what I like too is that the show is I guess it's it stands in even starker contrast than I thought to uh, Teen Titans Go because uh, Teen Titans I, I don't know if it's just this episode or if it's always like this Teen Titans is kind of a quiet reserved show mm. this, this, this episode this episode was a lot more was a lot more quiet a lot less wacky I was I was picturing like a Ninja Turtles episode you know like they were just gonna be <laughs> the wackiness comes from Cyborg and Beast Boy usually um, but even that's kind of mellow yeah, it's, it's it's very it's very it's very uh, it's very relaxed. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a very there's a really interesting balance between quiet moments of reflection, humor, and action. And even mm-hmm. the action's not that huge. The, the chemical reaction, yeah, it's like it's a, it's a chemical reaction at least for this one episode that creates a really mellow feeling. That's different than most superhero super entertainment. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's pretty that's different than most superhero entertainment is that the show has, is that this episode has a relative lack of collateral damage. I get tired of seeing cities get leveled all the time. Yeah. So I like occasionally when we can just have a quiet superhero conflict. Yeah, the collateral damage is usually the bigger scale ones are usually contained to like maybe a couple city blocks, but that's about it. Until you get to Raven's um story I mean, I'm sure arc. It happens sometimes, especially like in like the really big episodes, but yeah. I like that but I like that it's yeah, things are it's not like it's not like Angel Grove and Power Rangers where like there's a kaiju fight every single week, mm-hmm. and like, and and it's like, how how wh- why are people still living here? What is this? Right, like what what are you doing, guys? <laughs> I would have moved. I'd like yeah, like I, I would have moved out of Angel Grove a long time ago. So like the houses would all cost like fifteen dollars, and they'd be like, yeah, I mean, it might be gone next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're all living in tents. But the <laughs> but the thing about those those like those kaiju things is like the cities are always rebuilt by the next episode. Yeah. So it's like you guys really built that quickly. No way. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I just appreciate that it was that it was that it's just that it's just kind of quiet and yeah. So yeah, I am a I'm a pretty big fan of this, and I will probably go back and uh, check out some more. Yay! Yeah, the the um, Teen Titans is pretty cool. It's 
Yeah, no, not looking back on it, it's pretty mellow. Well, there's a little bit of drama, but it's pretty mellow. Oh yeah, and, and going back to what I was saying before about just, like just the reserved, the reserved nature. I, I I appreciate I appreciate it too. Like I I was surprised at Puppet King's personality, mm-hmm. but I, I I definitely didn't have a problem with it. I do I do like occasionally. I mean I do I mean I I, I love my I love my 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 hardcore crazy Cobra Commander Green Goblin. <laughs> Can the Spider Man come out to play? <laughs> kind of personalities. It's fun. Yeah. You know, Orangus Snake and Mau Mau. Yes. Like, just that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that, but. You know, there's a lot of them. There's so there's, many. There's a lot like that. So I do, I do appreciate one who's just kind of, just kind of acts like the devil. Kind of chill. You got the, the devil. <laughs> oh my god, this little guy is the devil. I'm telling you. So yeah, I'm a big fan, and I will probably check out some more. Yay! Sounds good. All right. I think my laptop, where I'm, where I have my screen, my outline up, has about. <laughs> 10 minutes left before it dies. Let's do so this let's, then. Uh, let's, let's, let's wrap this up. That'll do it for this week's episode of uh, Rerun Shuffle. Uh, if you like what you just heard, make sure to tell your friends or leave us a rating or review wherever you found us to help spread the word. Uh, you can check out our website, viewpointsonline.org. Uh, as uh, Leah mentioned earlier, we are a local Riverside area uh, publication. If you come to RCC, uh, we have orange boxes where you can pick up a physical paper. Uh, you can also get it from uh, quite a few Riverside area libraries. Mm-hmm. So pick up a paper if you can, support some local journalism. Uh, you can find us on Facebook on Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Uh, and if the people were to want to find you personally, Leo, where could they do that? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. That's Chupacabra with an L and an underscore at the end, all lowercase. Um, if the people were to search you out, Tim, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well, at Macy Tim. That is spelled N-A-C-E-Y. And I think that about wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone.